What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents Faces of the Moon, our Moon Knight weekly podcast where we are pairing up a identity-themed movie with each episode of Moon Knight as it comes out week to week. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Jamie Jarrock. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are getting into episode two of Moon Knight, and we are pairing it up with the 1999 every college film boy's favorite movie, uh, <laughs> David Fincher's Fight Club, a movie that I hold very near and dear to my heart, but I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. We're going to get into all of them and how it pairs up with this episode of Moon Knight. But first, we are now in episode two of six, so we're a third of the way through it, <sighs> which does not seem okay, of Moon Knight. How are you guys feeling so far? Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, well, I'm so into it. One thing that I, I'm really liking that's really interesting to me, because we talked about this in our last episode, like not knowing a lot about the character. And before I watched it, all I knew was that it was like Moon Knight, Mark Spector is like the main per, uh, like personality guy. So uh, going into it and, and not meeting really Mark until this episode, and it, it feels like it's Steven's show. And, and I, I'm curious how much more like because Steven kind of got pushed down now and I'm curious how much Steven we're going to get because people who don't know anything about Moon Knight we were introduced to Steven Steven's our boy he's our main man and he's precious and I want to protect him at all costs and I'm and it's an interesting um thing to, way to go by and I think that it and it does pair well with the fight club in a lot of ways and I we're uh, like nailing the uh, movie choices for these episodes I know yeah these are perfect these two uh one-to-ones it's I kind of feel the same way Jamie I feel like the way that this episode ends it seems like the rest of the show is going to be more mark more mark heavy than it does it does Steven uh he sort of killed the Stephen one to kind of move Mark alone, which we'll get there later. Um, but I don't, I don't think I, I don't think he's completely gone. I, I don't, I don't think you can do that with the way that this character is built on the personalities. It's just Stephen's the weaker of the two, and when you start getting into what they're about to do, Mark's Mark is the one that kind of takes over. I dug this episode quite a bit. Um, you get a lot of questions, more questions raised, but then a lot of stuff gets answered. I love the whole. One of my favorite parts is this, the, him watching the security camera to see that, oh crap, no one else can see <laughs> what I see when I'm in there. That was that was fascinating to me because I also I did not realize about sort of how this world kind of worked. I didn't get I didn't get that originally, but now that all makes sense that no one can really see that except for it's kind of like a ghostwriter stuff sometimes where like only they can see the demons or they can only see what's what's happening. And I and I, and I dug that quite a bit. Um, Oscar playing two technically three different characters is pretty phenomenal because the introduction four? or four yeah because the introduction of, of mr knight <clears throat> i could i have not laughed so hard in my entire life because he had never seen moon knight suit and they kept telling me put your suit on put your suit on and that's what he manifested was like oh, that's just that's brilliant because I know that's not how it works, how it's done in the comics. I know he just, it's just a variant suit that he's worn, but to throw that in there and that's how they use it, I was like, that is, that is genius. I dug Apparently it. So, it was Oscar's idea to fall over on like at his hero landing and then he fell and it's, that was just such a good touch. He's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm having a ball. I'm having a ball. Well, and it's interesting because I, I really also quite enjoyed Mr. Knight's arrival because one, that suit is just awesome. It's, yeah. <laughs> And I think there's something very cool of like, 
almost inverting like a male gaze idea of like, you know, we had this cool, fun one for us. And then this person lands and you're like, oh, what a debonair GQ style. This is a man about town. (laughs) This is great. But I, I like that in the comics, Mr. Knight is used so much as his like investigation and it's more of protecting people than it is just like the fist of Khonshu and vigilantism and fighting. This is a lot more of like, protecting and helping and it makes sense then thematically that Stephen would manifest this version of the identity uh i'm still holding out that eventually we'll also get to jake lockley and we'll get kind of everything in there i don't know that we're going to get everything all in one season but like let's get everything all in one season i think we're getting (laughs) at least jake i mean we have we have to um i think you're right It, it and it i had that same thought also because I was like it's interesting that we were introduced to Steven first and kind of built it as his show so I'm not sure if it's going to be Mark's show or Moon Knight show or Kanchu show or Mr. Knight like I don't know we're obviously following the character the body of Mark Spector but I was like I don't know whose personality unless the arc is going to be like we all have to figure out how to live in here together now and really manage this in a way where clearly Mark Spector has been in control for years at some points in, the, in his life and established a relationship and has established being the fist of Kanshu and doing all this other work. So you almost have to wonder then how long has Steven been running the show, managing this hotel, hotel, museum? Like how long, this hotel? <laughs> <laughs> I'd yeah. stay there. The hotel of the mind. That's, that's an answer that I... I know they they will probably get it, but that's an answer that I want because I don't know at what point did he shut off to start taping the door and doing like, when did that decision get made? It had to have occurred at some point in time where he made a logistic, like I am now in charge, but I know I need to lock myself away. Uh, And I think my one issue with with the episode is kind of that Terrence, where I'm like, he seems so surprised that this is happening but he's built all of these solutions. Correct. So like it's happened before. And also I think as an audience, we know what's going on. And there was still a sort of lot of like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And I was like, we know what's happening. We only have six episodes. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's. I was like, when we got to like, uh, we're in Egypt at the end, right? He's like mm-hmm. ready. I was like, great. Now we're going to start like episode three is going to, go i am ready to follow mark specter and moon knight and get into the lore and get into the psyche and get into the history although i was obsessed with the one-on-one scene with ethan hawk and oscar isaac in the like well no don't you i'm the avatar for this god and like if you help me we can just murder everyone (laughs) and kind of getting his like moral compass moment of like well hold on no I was sort of with you and now you're talking about hurting innocent people. I don't think this works either. And I sort of enjoyed him just being like, Conscious talking to you. Like he's like a jealous ex. I kind of yeah. love it. He's just like, he's with you now, isn't he? Talking, what's he saying? He's telling you to hurt me? He's telling you to hurt me, isn't he? <laughs> Listen, he's manipulating you. He's a bad God. He's a loser. And I was like, I love this. I love it. I also want, like we've done now so much of like, the Asgard gods were aliens and they're over here. And I'm like, well, now we have these gods 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm curious how we're going to filter out all of this, but, but I agree. I, I, I am very much like, Oh, we kind of pushed Steven out and I don't know now, are we just going to do this now? Mark gets two episodes and then maybe it would be weird to give Jake Lockley the last two, but maybe we're going to moon night, just moon nights will be the last two. And then we'll be like, I have no idea how we're going to structure this, but I'm very mm-hmm. excited for the road and, Ethan Hawke's villain just keeps getting more and more awesome and violent and dark. And I, that's what I wanted. I was like, yeah, we're not going to get dark and scary enough. We're going to follow around. Nice creepy. Like, like nice villain. Ethan Hawke is like, is worse than if he was, when he's just killing people. Well, even just like those scenes in the hallway of the lights coming off and on and then coming behind him. I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted. I wanted us to get kind of into this almost Sam Raimi horror world and see what's going to happen. So I'm... Even though Morbius also did it. Yeah, but Morbius wasn't good. No, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. But I also like, was like... Oh, right. but, but I do think it's funny that both, even though one is obviously infinitely superior, I do think it's funny that both use that kind of lighting. The light, yeah. It, it was yeah. funny because it, it it's such a good... If you were teaching a directing class, you would use both of those scenes and be like, here's where the Morbius one is weird. The lights are turning off in different orders and in different places. And then she just hits a light switch and it fixes all of them. (laughs) Um, So that's weird. This is very clearly something supernatural is happening. Also, Morbius nor Matt Smith in that movie have powers over like electricity so they wouldn't be able to do it so that just is an electrical problem in the hospital so it's also like it's as if the nurse knows to be like oh if i make it to this switch it'll fix all the lights like a fuse is out (laughs) and in this scene it's like no the darkness of conchu is closing in there's nowhere to run we're blinding you this might not even be real and conchu's a god and can do this Thank you for Blake's Morbius minute. Every minute of this episode, we will dedicate to. I went to WonderCon with Blake, and it was just all day just hearing about how much Blake. I had just seen it. It was just fair. It's. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not good. (laughs) I did not pity Jamie. I was like, her and her coworkers have to interview these people and be like, "So when you were making it, I'm like, I could never." Shout out to BD. How dare you? (laughs) BD, who I do phase zero with, did have to interview the director, and I do know that like. That, that's it's not easy when I had to interview Jessica Chastain and Sebastian Jam for the 355 I was so excited to talk to those two actors but it was like I also had to pretend that I liked the 355 and it's it's really hard uh and especially because it's like I, I love you guys and you're so good at what you do you just this movie's no good <laughs> yeah. bad. I want to root for you I want this movie to be good I'm never rooting for Jared Leto though so I didn't really want <laughs> no, no no it's fine I did like you know what that director though, and then we'll be done with Morbius. I kind of respected that somebody was like, everyone hates it. He was like, that's fine. I'm proud of it. I don't care. And I was like, you know what? Hell yeah! Because I feel I like think, most people, yeah, he didn't I don't even think, justify like, it's his fault. Really. Yeah, he just like, was like, I don't give a shit. I think it's great. And I was like, awesome. It would he could have sat there and been like, they don't get it. But instead, he was like, 
we made it yeah <laughs> have like, you ever made a like, morbius movie <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's like the whole david ayer thing it's like i don't know man you can't keep leaning on the snyder cut situation because snyder left the film due to a family emergency that's why he didn't get to make the movie he wanted to make because he had to leave the set and not finish the movie and, and like that so he's even though snyder oh my god you guys snyder fans have really come after me recently i got an insane instagram message that was basically like i hope your vagina fell out or something like that. i don't even remember it was insane um just because i don't love the snyder cut but the point is snyder did deserve to get that extra chance to to redo his vision uh whereas other directors mostly i know studios get involved and stuff but i think i'm just over this whole thing yeah. we went on a tangent there i'm sorry it happens <laughs> Uh, let's go on other tangents as we journey yes, back to yes. 1999. Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow have taken America by storm. The it's the year Garden. of the teen rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> Season 10 of The Simpsons is in full swing. <laughs> Seinfeld is off the air. And we're wondering what we'll do in a world without situational comedies like this. Who knows? Y2K movies are ready. The Matrix is out and Fight Club is changing the minds of every film student on the planet. And we are, of course, pairing up this episode with Fight Club. So let's talk about our complicated relationship with this movie. <laughs> uh, this is a college. This is my freshman year of college when this movie came out. Um, and I was obsessed. Like, I loved this movie. Um, I was, I was already on my kick with Fincher. Like he had that run of the game and this back to, I was like, ah, and seven. I'm like, oh, this guy is, is great. I was consuming everything that he put out. And so I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I love it. Especially being that angry, uh, I don't know why I was angry, but an angry college teen, like, ah, oh, angsty kid, like, ah, oh, I'm upset about everything in the world, blah. This movie fed right into all of that anger and that, that, that frustration that I had. I was like, oh, this is the perfect film. And then as I get older, and I start aging out of that and I get it. I'm like, oh, this movie, it has a lot of, a lot of problematic things that are, that are a part of it. And I don't, I, I, as I get older, I agree with less and less what this film is, uh, is, is trying to tell people. And I think a lot of the, the, the issues that I have is that the people that this film is quote unquote about have taken the wrong message from this movie and have, have run this way with it as opposed to sort of mm -hmm. learning correct things from it. Like Joker people. Yeah. Well, I think, and the main difference between Joker and Fight Club is that Fight Club is sort of meant to be satirical correct. and mm. being like, isn't it funny how like fragile men are and the links they'll go to be like, but I'm a man. And Fight Club is technically good where Joker is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Like there is a difference there. Oh, but, I mean, uh, but if you, Club, but if you tell me like either movie, I'm going to see it as a red flag <laughs> or love, I should say. It's okay to like Fight Club, but if you tell me Fight Club's your favorite movie, that's the red flag we'll have, Yeah. I think the, my, my favorite way to explain my relationship with this movie now is very similar to Terrence. I saw it in college. I called the ending and made my friend mad because he was like, you'll never see what happens. And then, right, it's the scene when he's like, tell him you fell down some stairs. And I fell down some stairs. And I looked at my friend and I was like, that's the same man. And he was like, how did you do that? I was like, because the doctor would have heard him say those things. Also, the movie keeps being like, hey, guys, isn't this it weird? It is so it's, obvious upon rewatch. It is painfully <laughs> it obvious. It is painfully obvious, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is sending you with Marla, especially. It just keeps being like, 
he is Tyler, guys. Guys. <laughs> Which makes it on this rewatch. And I watched it late. I did my moment. I did a memento because we were watching that. Then I watched SNL and then I watched this and I didn't realize how long that would have me up. Um, <laughs> and like around the third act break when he's like, I have to go stop Tyler. And I was like, okay, we're almost done. Why are there 30 more minutes? I was like, oh, I forgot that he now has to like travel the globe to be like, where's Tyler? And everyone's like, we don't know, sir. And I'm like, okay, we got it. Like, we got it. Just, we we yeah. only need two of these. He doesn't need to go to every single planet and state and city. Okay. Like, <laughs> please just get to the reveal. I'm so tired. It was definitely a movie that thought like felt it was way smarter than everybody else in the room. We're like, guys, we in got 1999, it was. Between it was. that and the Matrix, we were like, stories can do this. <laughs> for, like, and more for me, I'm like 99. That's the, when we're talking smart and crazy, we're talking being John Malkovich over here. Like that. That's one that holds up and is amazing. And this, like, comes a good movie. I still gave it a four out of five when I logged it this week on Letterboxd. Like, it's not bad, but the but when you know what's happening, when you know the twist, it is exhausting. It is like the middle is very boring to me now. The I do like the ending, just in terms of I like that it doesn't once he figures out the twist, which as we talked in our last episode, I think is a is a hack uh, way mm-hmm. to twist a movie. But at least we get some of his aftermath of dealing with it. Um, I like that it doesn't just end right there. We get a little more. I do like the buildings coming down. I was like, whoa, that was a big operation that you were had in there, buddy. I think that's, that's cool. But mm. I was like, I think that's uh, but, another but, reason yeah. why it was so big in 99 is we yeah. had never really seen a movie yet where it's like, oh, Oh, he won. He did it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no. It was like, and I like that about it. I do like the very end, and 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 I like the beginning a lot. And the, I mean, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are both great. Yeah. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter is obviously fucking great. It's just like, uh, and and again, like I don't dislike this movie. I own it. But although this DVD is like over fifteen years old and it's like pristine, so that tells you how much I've I've watched it over the years. But I just uh, I the, I love David Fincher, and there are like six David Fincher movies I would choose any day of the week to watch over Fight Club. Fight Club to me is a bottom tier Fincher. The only the only Fincher movie I think that is legitimately bad is Benjamin Button, but like this is not far above it on my ranking of Finchers. Yeah, yeah. he's if not my favorite, one of my favorite directors, but I, I, I agree, the more that I see things like the social network and seven and a lot of the rest I'm of girl. his catalog. And yeah, yeah, it's like, this gets further and further down because I'm like, this is a kind of a one trick pony. And outside of that one trick, it's a lot of um, like philosophy 101. There's a lot of reasons why people of a certain age do cling to it the way I did and the way Terrence kind of did where you are like, yeah. I'm a man and I don't need my dad left, even though my dad didn't leave. You're like, my dad <laughs> left and if God left, what is that? We don't need him. And it's like, there is a catharsis to the movie. I think mm-hmm. there is a lot. But as I kind of kept joking with my roommate last night, we kept laying to be like, see, man, people just don't get it. Like, they just don't get it. Like, you know, it's like, it's Tyler, man. Like we're all trying to get to that level. I was like, yeah, this is, why this movie is kind of problematic now because so many people are just like, but don't like, don't you, this is back when men were men. We're supposed to be our, even weird lines he has when he's like, your stuff is just stuff, man. Does your couch help us in the uh, hunter-gatherer survival sense of the word? No, and it's like, yeah, we're like way past that. 
We're like, mm-hmm. we're so far past. It's like, we're a hunter-gatherer society. Like, we're, we're not anymore. We're a nested, domesticated, <laughs> sad society. And he's like, he's pointing out stuff that like you figure out by yourself where it's like, we're all just going to go work these corporate jobs. And it's like, yep, that's, we live in capitalism. Sorry, right. Tyler. I don't, I don't want to tell you. Like, wipe the debt to zero. We'll just rebuild it. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. The banks aren't just in those buildings. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But it's shot so well. And Brad Pitt mm. and Ed Norton oh. are like peak performance and, there are just some moments where you're like, that's a great hit. There are still some awesome lines. Marla's great. Uh, it's directed very well. It's shot very well. Uh, but it's just aged in a weird way. I have a very complicated relationship. Because even while I was watching it, I was like, man, this is both like really good. And at the same time, I'm just sort of rolling my eyes every now and then. Yeah, like this. I'm both very engaged and also like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one of those things that have gotten kind of worse because of its fandom. I think, it, like, you 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 grow a bit of a disdain for something when the people who love it are annoying about it. Are troubling. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's part of it. Because because again, I, I even though like I will roll my eyes at this movie all day long. Like, it's a well made movie. It, it, it is. It's just like. We get it. <laughs> it's the way I also now feel about the Boondock Saints. Like I watched that during the pandemic again for the first time since I was a teenager and was like, we needed a whole movie for these two guys to be like, you know, we shouldn't murder and hurt people. And if you do it, we'll find you. And I was like, we needed a whole fucking yeah. somebody saw Pulp Fiction and was like, you know, that divine intervention part, we're going to make that the whole movie. <laughs> Like that, that's very much how that feels now. Where I'm like, man, somebody just took one thing from Tarantino and was like, that'll be 90 minutes and it's gonna be fun. Like these, these super macho 2000s male movies where it's like, even any undertone, like every woman in this movie to him is just like, she's in my way. She showed up at all of my, all of my, all of my man places and now she's invading my fight club. And it's like, oh my. Calm down, man. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But boy, when they fight each other outside of the bar for that first time, I love it. And Brad Pitt, as much as you're like, we shouldn't aspire to be him, you are like, I get why people want to be this man. This cool is man. fucking this yeah, swamp cool. man. I mean, cool ass man. I mean, Brad Pitt's freaking cool. He can't, you know, <laughs> shows up so- with that shaved head and those weird glasses and that red coat. Just like, come on, man, figure it out. You're almost there. And you're like, I would, I want to do stuff like that. <laughs> That's very cool. I love that the first time you see him is um on the like the airport walkway and he mm-hmm. just like kind of goes by him and it's like, oh, that was like weirdly hot. I just like it's just him on an airport walkway. But I was like, damn, Brad, get it. Like he has an energy, <laughs> and in that, and this movie is just he. It's like he's literally an energy because he's a multiple per- he's a well, I was gonna say it's about that energy mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's the weird aspiration that all of these men that he, he makes an army and it's so weird because he's like the pinnacle that they're all trying to do but he keeps telling them to get to the bottom his whole mantra is like you're not special or unique get to the bottom hit bottom hit bottom and it's like in a weird way he's trying to stop them from obtaining what they think he is 
which yeah. is a a way that people keep power like that's how people in power keep power is to be like no you go forth and do my bidding because you don't want this i'm very tired all the time <laughs> <laughs> it would be so exhausting but at the same time it's very interesting that such a big part of that movie is like we're gonna become tyler durden like he's built the system he's trying to destroy in capitalism and i think that's also something that you know they just don't get it because like really what it's saying is like he's become the system that he's trying to destroy see even i end up doing it where you're like there's a lot going on in this movie though i do think my biggest thing now is i'm like ed norton was a man with a job in a nice apartment he could like go to a doctor his boss nobody does anything to him in this movie it's like evil boss is just like please don't smoke and bleed in the office i think that is a part of where my sort of my disconnect has come to as i've grown older i'm like you guys were all straight white dudes like life isn't that difficult for you in 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 comparison I also this is something that I thought about this time watching it where is that house like I don't mean like geographically in a state I mean like in a very literal sense because he's like first he describes it as being between like a plant and a factory and then later he's like we were we were completely isolated for half a mile or a mile in every direction and I was like where is this this doesn't (laughs) make it almost a part of me was like is this also supposed to be fake is he still living in his apartment and like thinks that he's in this home? Cause like, it just doesn't, it feels as unreal as Tyler does. And I'm sure right. that that's part of the direction of like, nothing's really supposed to feel, you're supposed to feel like you're sleep deprived. Like mm-hmm. that's so much of this movie is you feel tired watching it, which is very kind of cool. Uh, but we're pairing this up with Moon Knight because and we brought this up before, um, a very weird way that a lot of movies deal with mental illness is like, he just shoots himself in the head and Tyler's done. That's it. He didn't need therapy or medication or help. He just needed uh, to literally kill himself to be reborn as a phoenix. <laughs> and it, it genuinely makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> and I get it. Like you can shoot yourself and survive. Like it, it's very, it's oh, very sure. specific. And they even kind of go to be like, it's a very specific it looks cool and it looks cool and you know what in my mind i thought he just did it and marla showed up i forgot that there is a lot of the people of project mayhem being like how is he still standing oh he's just a badass and i was like okay i mean like that's not a great explanation but at least at least the people around him are also noticing how preposterous it is it's not the face shooting that bothers me it's the fact that you shooting yourself in the face gets rid of your other personality that's not that's the bigger problem but i i in my in my memory i was like he shoots himself marla shows up wakes him up and he's just like ah you met me at a weird time i forgot that he has they do the work i guess is my point like they do enough and it's not that much like they do enough though to be like i need gauze get out of here i'm fine it's weird that I'm standing, but like, just please go get me like bandages. I don't need a hospital. I'm like, okay, at least he isn't just like, boom, and we're back. (laughs) There's enough kind of like in the scene to be like, well, man, this is crazy. And I was like, good. There's other people acknowledging how bonkers this is. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. Jamie, the bigger problem is just like, and to fix my mental problem, I will shoot myself. Shoot it out of me. It's like I, I think that's uh, the way it works. I don't no. think a doctor would tell you to do that. 
I think a doctor <laughs> would advise. I think there's phone numbers and helplines and all sorts of other things to do prevent such a very thing from happening. But it's interesting because this is so much about identities crossing over and taking over themselves. And I think that is why we've chosen this movie for this episode of Moon Knight because for all of the issues and lamenting of the fanship, the story is very interesting and it is paralleling with this chapter of Moon Knight in that we're seeing the struggle of dealing with DID and not knowing who you are and being such different people. And when they're in control, the like individual pain that you're going through. We see Steven have to kind of reconcile with things that he's done without realizing it in a much better way than say the Winter Soldier ever has, where we've just been like, you were mind controlled. And it's like, we also saw him and Winter and Soldier go about his way and amend and avenge. And I'm so sorry, but this is so different because like Mark and Steven have very different moral compasses and very different views on right and wrong. And so does Khonshu. And so does uh, the fire God that's possessing Ethan Hawke. And it's interesting because Fight Club is so much about that of like what happens when like you go too far, but clearly you know, they make the argument, Tyler makes the argument that the narrator wants to do all of this. I have, you just, everyone does this. We all talk to ourselves. We all envision ourselves better. You're the only ones with the balls to go this far. And I'm doing everything you want to do. Like this is somewhere in your brain, you made me to do everything that you were too weak to do. And I don't, that's not what happened in Moon Knight, but in Moon Knight, it is more about like, Mark has moments where he's like, you can't do this, Steven. I can do it. You've got to give me the wheel. Yeah. You've got to let me in. And that's what sort of plays at the end when Steven kind of just like, crap, I, I can't, I, I'm not built for this. Like, I have to hand this over to you. Uh, and that's that sort of relinquishing. Like, you are more you are more capable of handling this than I am. So here, um, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun way to sort of do that. But it, it, it plays into sort of what we saw with Fight Club, like as you said. Tyler is always the, the alpha male and sort of that's who you have to give that off to when you want to get shit done if you would. I think an interesting difference is that with Fight Club you know it, it, it kind of ends with Tyler isn't real he's not a, he's not real but the way that Moon Knight approaches it is like no every personality is, is is real and you are rooting for them you don't really want to pick one of those two guys to take over because you want mark to be happy with his wife but you want steven to live his little museum gift shop life and to me that's way more compelling than um than than the the fight club aspect of it and i'm sure anyone with did would say that they're real i don't i don't know you know what like the versions of yourself i don't and I each don't of know them if is, there is as a, important as the yeah. other yeah mm-hmm. um uh, i don't know it's you know it's a complicated thing uh you know it's it's not like McAvoy and Split although a great performance uh but I don't think that's really how it works but, yeah I think uh, I don't really know I think I think we can avoid a lot of the horror movies that deal with this because they're almost always like identity does it yeah. and, and Split and Glass yeah there, there's a lot of like I don't, we don't need to get too oh it's in the weeds there yeah yeah that's where you're really gonna start being like this is almost offensive (laughs) oh yeah i I think Uh, people are offended by split i feel like i've read that and and, but but the thing about split is it's like just james mcavoy is such a good actor that it's fun to watch that is that is such a like it's horror and it's fake it's like i get Mm -hmm. why people are offended and they probably could have done it in a more sensitive way but like Mm -hmm. 
it, it was almost it almost should have just straight up been like there is a demon and it's possessing him and we right. are like mm-hmm. this is what we're doing um because he morphs it did we're not because you know, he yeah, his body changes. Changes. yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking stupid glass movie <laughs> <laughs> i didn't hate um, it <laughs> i didn't hate the end it was not, it wasn't great but i didn't hate it I... uh but yeah i think we do sort of see now especially at the end how this is going to affect him because when we get to the end steven doesn't want he wants to go back and he wants to be done and Mark is, I don't want to say selfish because we don't know the context of the story and like everything else that's really happening, but we do get a lot more in this episode of like, I have to keep doing stuff for Kanchu because if I stop, his next avatar is going to be my partner with whom I have divorce papers. I also loved on the bike. He's like, I would never divorce you. I would never, that's not something I would do. (laughs) And it's interesting that she's unaware, that she's Mm -hmm. also like, what are we doing? That's odd to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where, what, where we're going with this. Um, Cause I think we're going to get answers. I do. And my, I think we're going to get answers based on the mother, because if Steven's talking to his mom on the phone all the time and Mark hasn't talked to his mother in years, I think there's, we're going to get answers that way. I don't that's, think that's his mother. I think that's going to be a big twist. So yeah. Even still, it's going to, it's going to be an answer of some sort. But yeah. To your point it's clear that she's only seen Mark. She's never seen mm-hmm. this person. So timing-wise, I need to get a couple more answers there. Like, when did this cut on? Because clearly there's a huge part of this life where it's just been Mark. Uh, and I need to know when that flipped and why. Yeah, right. And I think, you know, I know what I know from the comics, but I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of like, him, something with Kanshu woke all you guys up. And I did all the work to kind of put you and Jake away and then like this god and now everything's here and i'm sure eventually we'll really have to get into the debate of whether or not conchu is even real but i think because we have ethan hawk and this other fire god that it's very much like no that is something that's happening but like part of the story is like how can you trust it entirely right um so it's i'm sure we'll get all the answers because we're also it's becoming very clear to me that this story is going to be very let's go stop the bad guy now like we're going to play with did and identity and memory and all of these things but unlike wandavision which was so steeped in its themes and ideas i think this is going to become a much more traditional there's a MacGuffin. these are the stakes we have to stop the guy story so i'm sure that we'll start kind of going back in the past a bit and mm-hmm. really digging into everything else but it's interesting, I think, when you use this as a narrative tool, especially when you're, to Jamie's point, doing it, I think, with more sensitivity. I don't have DID, so I can't speak fully to it. Um, but I would say that this is a more progressive and interesting way than just being like, I had an opposite personality, and he was created so that I could accomplish things and have better sex and be awesome and cool, and then I killed him. And it's like, that's not how it works. It, I, it makes me think of like how the Babadoo kind of dealt with depression where instead of like beating this creature, we locked it in a, in a very literal room of the house and we'll just always have to deal with it. And I was like, that's, or like it follows in sexual trauma where we kind of mm. got into this, like we beat the monster, but we didn't, we didn't, it's not over and it will right. never be over. We're always yeah. gonna have this, this thing. And I think that's also why Moon Knight is getting so interesting. We're seeing a character dealing with, there is no finality to his main 
mental illness. There is, it, that's who he is. And he's going to have to learn how to manage this and figure out who all these people are. And I'm sure part of it will also be the like, nothing's really wrong with you. You're just yeah. on a I neurodivergent spectrum. Now, of- I mean, we're going to, I'm, I'm sure Oscar Isaac is going to be part of the MCU for many years. And I hope that we get to see all these characters continue. I don't want the Moon Knight to end. And it's like, we're only getting Mark now. I think that would be lame. That there's yeah. no way we're going to do that. So much of Moon Knight's character is him having the idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't think otherwise he's just some guy. guy who, yeah, like, yeah, we've we've done that story enough. Like we're <laughs> good there. Um, no, I, I can't wait to see where it keeps going. I'm just so excited to be in like new places and have new themes and ideas and even things that are like more challenging to talk about. I'm catching myself as we do the show being like is this talking about it the right way? Is this the correct way to talk mm-hmm. on DID? Like, I know none of us right. have it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, 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 and I'm like, this is good because as with any form of representation, it makes us ask questions, hopefully in a polite and understanding way and then getting questions and having a better understanding of something that is valid and people do go through and then we get more dope Marvel content also. <laughs> Yes. I say more to all of it. <laughs> uh, this has been the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll obviously be back next week with an episode and a movie. And you can leave us a review on Hollywood Already Did It's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We're at Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum and Jamie's at Jamie Cinematics. You can catch all the other podcasts and YouTube stuff that Terrence and I do with Hollywood Already Did It. And Jamie is on phase zero with comicbook.com. And that is it. We will see everyone next time. Later.